Hey guys, this is Colin from Blackjack Apprenticeship, and believe it or not, this is our 100th podcast episode. It only took something like 14 years to do 100 episodes, but we did it. I would have never thought that when we started, but here we are. I know a couple dozen of those are members only, but hey, I still have sat down and recorded 100 podcasts for Blackjack Apprenticeship. We've got a really interesting interview for you today. It's Justin Mills and WABJ11. These are two APs who have successfully won lawsuits against casinos and local police, one of which they settled for $285,000. You can watch the false detainment of Justin Mills on YouTube, but here's a brief clip. So counting cards is what they're accusing you of. Which is legal. That, that is? It is it's legal. Okay. That it might be legal in your mind. Unfortunately, it's not here because there's ordinances against that. Justin and WABJ11 are also helping other APs when their constitutional rights get violated. So without further ado, here is our interview with Justin Mills and WABJ11. Hey guys, this is Colin from Blackjack Apprenticeship, and I'm joined with Joe748 and our guests, Justin and WABJ11. How's it going, Joe748? It's going great. Looking forward to the podcast. Yeah. And Justin, you wanna you wanna say hi? Yeah, how's it going? Yeah, this is uh Justin Mills here. And WABJ eleven. Hi, folks. <laughs> <laughs> so to get things started, maybe we'll start with with you, Justin. You mind telling us a bit of your background, how you got into card carrying advantage play and and uh what that has to do with law school or anything else? Yeah. So as far as why I got into, you know, advantage play card counting, pretty much I at, at one point many years ago, you know, I was just I used to just play blackjack. And um, yeah, I just had this day that I lost a ton of money. And um, I'm like, shoot, you know what? Well, I've got to, you know, do something to try to recover that. And so I'm like, all right, I'm gonna learn to count cards. So yeah, I paid someone to, you know, train me how to do it, basically. And then I just proceeded to, yeah, that was pretty much the start of, you know, doing advantage play. And when when was this? Yeah, this is like, I would say about 10 years ago. Cool. And and have you been full-time, part-time? Do you, do you still play? No, right now my focus is mostly, you know, working on pursuing, you know, getting licensed, uh, I just graduated law school. So that's that's the main focus of my time. I, I I mean, I just like I will play occasionally. I'll go on on trips, but it's not something I would consider that I'm doing now full time. Did you do it full time for any stretch of time? Yeah, it was pretty much that period when I first learned was trained how to how to play. Yeah, I would put in a lot of hours. I would definitely say I was full time for you know, for some, for some span of time. For about two uh, years, 2012, right. 14. Yeah, right. yeah. Yeah. I would say. What's more stressful, law school or card counting? <laughs> Good question. Yeah. So I, card counting is more stressful. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And what about you, WABJ11? What's your kind of AP backstory? So I got started actually in poker and then I would, you know, I, I picked up a book. I for, I think it was the Stanford Wong book. Or was it the black belt and blackjack? And I kind of got interested in this. And then I learned that you, if you know, if you could spread, you could make 500, 800 an hour. And I was like, really? Wow, that sounds, why am I doing that? So <laughs> I kind of transitioned into blackjack. And I was taught by, I don't know if anyone knows this guy, Flash1296, who's not really around anymore, but he taught me high op two. And then from there, I kind of 
you know, was in poker and blackjack for a very long time. Right on. And uh, how do you guys know each other? So I know Justin from when he had his Maryland Live lawsuit, and I reached out to him because I saw the surveillance video that anyone can go watch on YouTube. And, you know, I was really appalled by the whole thing. And I reached out to him, you know, for support. And I don't I didn't know if he knew at that time about Bob Nersessian and, the, you know, the gross gene cases, et cetera. And we just became friends. Right on. And so we'll, we'll, we should uh, put a link to that YouTube video in the show notes. Definitely. Right on. And so uh, you guys have both played as advantage players for some season of time. But one of the things we wanted to talk with you guys about is kind of this. Actually, you guys wanted to share some of some of the experience or things with our audience so that people, you know, go, go into things well informed. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's the really the main crux of this of this episode. And what we want to get across is that some people are aware of the sheriff case in with Ameristar in Colorado. And I was really reading the comments in the forum. And I just couldn't believe, especially given the gross gene case, which is what put all this on the map, that people don't know how to stand up for their civil rights and themselves. And that's really important as as an AP. Yeah, so you're you're saying the sheriff AP case that Stephen Bridges shared it on his YouTube channel, and I'll just say, you know, from my own background, I ran a seven-figure blackjack team, and we just assumed it was part of the job that we would be mistreated. Right, and we want to kind of put a stop to that. Exactly. I've been cuffed. I've been backroomed. Players on our team. It was like, oh yeah, well, if you go to that place, you're probably going to end up cuffed in the back room, and it was sort of like cost of doing business. <laughs> and it for me, what really got me to realize how backwards and wrong that was, was uh, Tommy Highland, who was saying like, look, casinos can't do this, you know? <laughs> and we knew we had rights, but it was kind of like, yeah, we do in theory, but just be aware, part of the cost of doing business is you're going to get mistreated. And, you know, I even reached out to a lawyer about one or two situations where casinos uh, mistreated people, but it was like, ah, you're going to spend more on the lawsuit than you're going to get out of it. So why bother? Yeah, no, none of these lawyers know anything about this law except for Bob, really. And they don't have time. You know, look, lawyers are getting constantly bombarded with, oh, this and this and this happened to me. And, uh, you know, they don't have time to hear about your car, you know, somebody back, you know, they don't know. Yeah. So take us through what cases you're allowed to talk about as far as what happened. And if we can dive in there, that might be a good place to start. Yeah. So, you know, I can tell you about a lawsuit I had against the Golden Nugget in Atlantic City and uh, some New Jersey state police officers. You know, basically, I had seen a promotion like Play MGM was running a uh, deposit match promotion, $2,000. You you deposit, they match it. And it was just straightforward. I just, you know, got the entire rollover wage amount you had to do times the house edge and it's like okay so yeah that's a good player edge on this promo so you know i told friends about it and i said i think it's a good promo so i'm there at the golden nugget and at, at one point their promo wasn't all that great but anyways i'm there and the golden nugget they basically see that uh there were six deposits of a thousand dollars and so they're like oh what's going on apparently they didn't they didn't realize like 
okay, they're running a deposit promo due to po- you know for a thousand dollars that gets matched, and maybe that's why people are depositing a thousand dollars. They didn't seem to you know get the point. So they put in a suspicious activity report. Oh, we don't know what the, you know this could be to the New Jersey State Police, and so basically. This state police, New Jersey State Sergeant Richard Wheeler, he, uh, yeah, he brings, uh, you know, all his buddies, whatever, these other police officers, like, oh, there's something live going on at Golden Nugget Casino right now. So they show up, they're just watching me on my laptop. They have no idea what we're even doing. They don't. They, Let me just break in here for a second. And he's just taking advantage of a promotion that they're right. running. He's not doing anything illegal. He's sitting there on his laptop taking advantage of a promotion they're running. And these state troopers walk in and, you know, well, there must be something going on here. Yeah. You know, and they're ready to flex their muscles. And if you watch his Maryland Live video, you'll see that a lot of these people can be overbearing and abuse their authority and that's not acceptable and that's why we wanted to come on the episode right so they they have no idea that I'm, you know we're just there to take advantage of the promotion so they just show up and arrest us wheeler tells you know some officers oh go arrest the guy who's in, you know with the suit in the whatever in the in the wi-fi lounge so they arrest me I asked them like, what, what's what's going? Why are you? He's like, oh, I don't know. You know, I asked why they're arresting me. They don't know, and they're like, oh, you'll have to talk to the detective and ask him. You know, so you have these. They don't <laughs> they don't know what I'm doing. They don't know why they're arresting me, and uh, yeah, they basically you know they take me back to the barracks and yeah, you know you later on I'm in jail, right? Yeah, well, I, yeah, I was in a holding cell chained to a metal bench for eight hours, which is you know while they're while they're trying while they're trying to come up with something, right? A crime. Yeah, which is totally so You're right. deprived of his civil rights, well, deprived of his yeah. freedom. I mean, that's totally. Acceptable. I I tried to get an attorney. I contacted numerous attorneys, and the response was pretty much that they thought it was going to get tossed out if I tried to sue. Now, for me, you know, it was patently obvious that my constitutional rights were violated. Seeing that, first of all, I wasn't doing anything illegal at all. And and second, I mean, there wasn't any probable cause, obviously, for the arrest. But, you know, one lawyer even told me when I when I told him what happened, he's like, oh, well, you know, I, I think you should be able to get your laptop back <laughs> that, you know, that was the kind of so I filed it on my own. You wrote everything up. Yeah, I did everything, you know. Yeah, I briefs, the motions, yeah. the responses. He did all that. Yeah, correct. Yeah. I drafted the complaint, filed it in federal court. You know, the state police, uh, they filed their motion to dismiss. I briefed it, the opposition. The federal judge agreed with me pretty much on all my arguments. And he's like, look, the casino failed to explain why it would be illegal to take advantage of a promotion. And then later on, I was able to obtain counsel after I you know, had had started winning on my own the case. And uh, we win summary judgment on liability, so we don't even we didn't even have to go in front of a jury to win on to win the case. Basically, the judge basically just said, you know, it wasn't reasonable for Officer Sergeant Richard Wheeler to conclude there was probable cause, right, that I had done anything illegal just because I was on my computer in the Wi-Fi lounge. She said. That's indeed the entire point of a Wi-Fi lounge. Yeah. So that, you know, that was it. And um, yeah, I mean, and, and we settled uh, an amount that I believe demonstrated accountability. I settled the case for 285000 Right. Okay. Yeah. So. Plus EV. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. More than I mean, that's not the, again, that's not the point. That's not why we're here. We're, no, I mean, no, it's not. But I'm I'm curious as someone that thinks in terms of EV, like how many how many hours do you think you put into the whole case? So you mean like the attorneys and stuff, and the out just the hours overall it, it takes? Yeah, sure. I would say that an attorney who handles these kind of these cases probably. For them to get to the, get it to the point where you you went on you know what on summary judgment or whatever like four hundred fifty to five hundred hours. Okay, and again, my point isn't like that. APs become a bunch of like uh, slipping in you know grocery stores to sue. But, <laughs> right, right, right. But you know, one, your rights were violated, and so you had a right to sue them and to get damages. But two, like I love that it hopefully makes it painful enough that casinos see that it is negative EV to violate anyone's rights. You know, like it hurts them enough that they stop pulling this crap. And like, I read some of the comments, you know, in Sheriff's case and someone said, Oh, he'll be lucky if he gets his chips cashed in. I mean, no, he, you know, he was illegally detained in that case for, you know, as you, as anyone can see in the video for counting cards, that was called fraudulent activity state of Colorado, that's not so allowed. Counting cards is, it is a illegal. warrant for my arrest. It is a form of fraudulent activity in the state of Colorado. Fraudulent activity means you've done something to lead the casino to believe that you are not playing the games correctly. You're saying I could okay. be arrested for counting cards? For fraudulent activity. In the state of Colorado. And you're a police officer and you witnessed that? Yep. A police officer in the city of Red Rock, yes. And they've been holding me here for no reason, they haven't given me a reason why they're holding me here yet. Uh, you gave us activity, you gave us reasons to believe that you were committing a crime in the state of the color. crime of card counting, the crime of fraudulent activity. For anyone who knows anything about anything, that's ridiculous. So, you know, that's also, you know, people need to know that when you're illegally detained and stopped and ID'd or what, it's not okay, it's not okay. Yeah, and something kind of specific about detentions for, you know, based on card counting, like in Sheriff's case, you know, the video is there online. Anyone can see what happened. Not not only is, you know, I think, patently clear that there was no probable cause, but there's not even reasonable suspicion for mm -hmm. a temporary investigative detention. Why? Because the activity which is suspected actually has to be illegal. You know, so no matter how much evidence there is, somebody did something. If it's if it's not actually a crime, you can't you can't even temporarily detain them. Right. So these, these you know, it's kind of straightforward. Anytime there's a detention, even if it's really brief and it's based on card counting, there's going to be, you know, liability if it's taken to court. Absolutely. And something else, Colin, if I could just add. You know, I had a, a Chips Palace in Lakewood, a trespassing there. You know where that is. And I it was like 19 at the time. I just started counting and I didn't know what I was doing. And I, I ended up following all their rules, which I shouldn't have done. I should have just left. But the point is, is that I posted about it in the old forums. And this guy, I don't know if Automatic Monkey, people know who Automatic Monkey is. He said in there, you know, look, you did all these things wrong. But at the end of the day, the only person that's going to be able to stand up for your civil rights is you. You know, no one else is going to step in and, oh, well, officer, you're doing, you know, or so your shift manager, you're, this is not right. You know, you have to stand up for your civil rights, and that's really important. Yeah. Have you guys seen the, I don't want to get, you know, off on a tangent, but have you guys seen the video that Burning Down the House posted of Caesar's Palace kicking him out at 1 a.m.? Yeah, we've seen that. Yeah. So 
the discussion I've seen around is a lot of logical fallacies, a lot of poor logic, which is like, well, they didn't do anything illegal. And that might be true, but but my point in posting it, his point isn't necessarily the legality. It's just that casinos, like, I feel like we're taking crazy pills that to go in there and, and use your brain at a game, you have to risk like these extreme measures. Now, now his case, it wasn't even illegal, but it's just like, it doesn't have to be illegal to be insane, but that's even mild compared to, you know, the, the stuff that it's, it's insane to me that casinos would go to measures of violating someone's civil rights because they're so upset that you're playing a game well. Yeah, well, some of these shift managers take this stuff personally. I don't know why, but they do. And I'm sure you can attest to. Yeah, and that's kind of, you know, what I think is so important about these lawsuits is that the only thing that's going to get them to, you know, sorry for my language, but yeah, like pull their heads out of their asses is like to get sued for it because otherwise they're really happy to continue to violate players' rights. Unfortunately, yes, that's correct. And and again, it's like the rare exception, but it's happened. You know, like I said, I was cuffed because the casino told a police officer they, they lied about what I did. They they said that I had done something illegal. So, of course, the police officer took the casino side, <laughs> cuffs me, empties my pockets, you know, c- curses at me, all this stuff. Was this tribal or was this? Yeah, it was tribal. Regardless, you know, it wasn't a tribal police, though. No, okay, but just a warning to the audience listening, you, you know, tribal, obviously, jurisdictions are much different yes, from yes. state regulated, and I'm sure, okay, APs know that, but just be cautious on tribal territory if they can really do whatever they want. My, my point is, you know, it, it was normal behavior <laughs> to, to like, you know, cuff me, ridicule me, you know, treat me like a criminal, and then later be like, oh, oh, okay, you're not doing anything illegal. Interesting. Justin, back to the Golden Nugget case, I had a question. Um, so did you have to sue the police department of that local jurisdiction? No. So when you're suing uh, like a state troop, so these were all state troopers, you pretty much can only, you know, sue them and in their individual capacity. The law is different if it would have been local, like Atlantic City Police. If it was Atlantic City Police, then you could, you know, I could have sued them plus Atlantic City as a jurisdiction. But when, when it's like a state trooper, it's just the law because of state immunity, basically under the 11th Amendment, you can't then sue like the state of New Jersey because that, you know, that part would get tossed out. So yeah, we yeah, I just sued all the, the state police officers involved. And just wait, one more thing that we need to say, you know, we're not licensed attorneys. This is not legal advice. These are just our experiences that we're sharing at this point. So nobody you know, sue us. Thank you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> let's say that it wasn't a state trooper. Let's say, let's just say that exact same scenario kind of happened with a regular casino security. How do you think that would have changed the outcome of what happened? And how would you have gone about it differently, maybe? Okay. Yeah. Uh, so if it's just casino personnel and there's no police present, yeah, I mean, it changes it in that you wouldn't be bringing uh, federal civil rights claims like under Section 1983 saying your constitutional well, rights were violated. What if the casino locks you up, though? Be- because, because those 
constitutional tort claims only apply to state actors. Oh. Uh, yeah, casino, private security guards aren't state actors. So you would just do state law false imprisonment, for example. It changes when police show up and, and help with the detention. Then you can argue there's joint state action and sue them all for constitutional violations. Are there any other cases that, that you can say anything about that would be helpful for people to, you know, as they consider their own careers? Another friend mentioned this to me. I may be the only one who ever got a Caesar's trespassing revoked. I don't know if, and they thought I should tell that story. So I don't know if you want to hear that story. I want to take a quick moment and talk about the Blackjack Apprenticeship membership. If you haven't checked it out, you really don't know what you're missing. There is everything you need to train, find community, and get the tools you need as a card counter. There's a test out drill in the training suite. And if you aren't testing your skills regularly, you really shouldn't be playing a casino. There's an entire video course that covers the basics all the way to more advanced stuff like cover, team play, casino relations. There's betting software, a forum, a chat room with regional chat rooms to meet with local APs, as well as results tracking software and members only podcasts. So check it out at blackjackapprenticeship.com. Yeah, so I was at Paris and I had 4,000 in yellow and I was playing craps and I ended up winning another thousand. So I went to the the window to cash out 5,000 and I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I'm waiting. And all of a sudden, his two suits show up with a huge thing of security guards. We're trespassing you. We're trespassing you. And then at that point, I know surveillance is trying to get pictures of me. So I put my head down and my hands over my face. And I go, you know, please cash me out. I just want to, I want to leave. And the security goes, you're coming with us. I said, I am not going with you anywhere. I haven't done anything. And he wouldn't cash me out because they were, couldn't get pictures of me. So I ended up calling gaming while I was, had my head, my face covered. And I said, I'm being unlawfully held against my will in Paris. I need people to come right now, which was true. And yeah. the shift manager goes, cash him out quick. Cash, cash him out. It's okay. Cash him out. So they cashed me out. I left. I got this letter and then I thought I didn't understand why I had been, you know, there was, I was given no reason, nothing. So I got the email addresses of all the VPs I could find of table games, surveillance. I sent out this letter saying I've been trespassed. I have no idea why I didn't do anything. I followed your rule. I don't play blackjack. And about a week later, I got a call from the VP of table games at Paris saying, Hey, we have good news. And they revoked the trespassing. <laughs> Turns out the shift manager was just having a bad day. And oh, wow. Be, yeah, being a jerk. Oh, I'll bet, I'll bet a lot of shift managers have a lot of bad days working in casinos. Right. They do. I mean, look. I would have a bad day human. every day if I worked at a casino. Right. Exactly. These people are only human. So sometimes, you know. Yeah. Any other stories you can tell that would be helpful? Otherwise, we can move on. I can talk about the Maryland Live case that you're going to have the link to the video about but I can only tell you what's publicly available that I know about. So if we want to talk about that, that's a what? That'd be great. Anything that you can talk about that would be helpful. I mean, I think the video speaks for itself. I've never been, have, you know, haven't have had any issues. Can I explain it to you? What he's trying to tell you? Yeah. Okay. So counting cards is what they're accusing you of. Okay. Which that, is legal. That, that is? It is It's legal. Okay. That it might be legal in your mind. Unfortunately, it's not here because there's ordinances against that. Okay, 
So at that point, you're in a private establishment where you're required to show ID to get in. It's a state establishment. So they're now asking you, you for your ID. That way they can ban you from coming back here. They need that ID. Okay? You can't leave here unless we ID who you are. So either you can give them your ID or you can go with us and we can fingerprint you, find out who you are, and then we'll release you. But it's going to be a lot easier if you give it to them. You'll be out of here in a minute as opposed to going with us, which could take two or three hours. And anyone, you know, that knows anything about card counting. I mean, is the detention on that Maryland Live case was so egregious where they brought him in the back, they they grabbed his arm, they assaulted him, and it was important that uh, Justin stood up for his rights in that case. And is that case over? Yeah, that case is over. I, I think they settled for an undisclosed amount. I don't know. It's not public, but I remember watching that video like years ago, and I I contacted Justin to ask him about it um, because at the time there weren't as many like open or there weren't, weren't a lot of people video recording or right you know, that's showing true. like the iPhone it just really kind of yeah right it? right yeah so it was crazy to see like that surveillance footage matched with the audio and everything and hear the police officers on the tape being like it's so, so definitive about like card counting is illegal what you're doing is illegal it's just blizzard. right well you know car the police officers can lie so. No, they, I mean, they're allowed to lie to you to get you to say or do stuff, right, Justin? I'm not wrong in that. <laughs> so they just wanted to get his ID, and that's what they came up with. So let's get into some practical stuff for people listening. What would you say is the first step if someone feels like their their rights are being violated? Or, or how, how do you even think through what's rights versus what's just casino? You know, like people with that video, like, oh, they didn't do anything illegal. It's like, yeah. Maybe they didn't. They're still assholes. But when when do you know the line between you know, hey, they're they're being jerks versus my rights are are being violated? Well, I think the first question you need to ask is, you know, I, I'd like to leave. And if they say no, that's a, that's a red flag. Okay, that's a red flag. They're that they're detaining you at that point, and they're depriving you of of your liberty. Yeah, I mean, anytime they clearly are restricting you from leaving right uh like if they say come with us or whatever and you just you can you know just walk walk towards the exit and somebody somebody blocks you there you go Mm -hmm. i mean that's that's false imprisonment they're you know they're restricting your your aggress your freedom of movement and like unlawfully confining you and it can be done without physical force if that's kind of like why people use that phrase am i free to go or am i being detained because that puts them in a position where if they say yeah you're being detained okay they're clearly articulating okay that they're detaining you and if they don't have probable cause right there's legal uh, for you know or reasonable suspicion yeah then they're they're violated uh, they're they're liable just off that you know for violating violating your rights yeah in this day and age, like um, when you see the detainment happening or you know it's about to happen, I think everyone's probably instinct is to like quickly record on, the, like go to your phone right now and record. Is that ever a bad idea to just whip out the camera and start recording video? I don't know if we're equipped to answer that question, but in our personal opinions, I don't. I I would say yes. Again, not legal advice, but <laughs> what do you, I don't know. What do you think? It could, to some extent, depend what state you're in, you know, just the the law on that. You know, I think generally, if there's police involved, there's a First Amendment right of the public to record those kind of interactions. So, right, because some states you can't 
record someone without their permission and you're in private property. But once the police show up, you're allowed to because they're public officials and operating in their public capacity. So that's a good point. Maybe be aware of which states are whatever it's called, dual consent. One party versus yeah. two party states. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Oh, and I, I just I should add something regarding what you should do in those situations where you think your rights might have been violated. You should try right away, maybe the next day, to send the casino a request to preserve evidence, yes, a important. request to preserve video evidence. So and, right. and and make sure you get the the date right of when yes. it, when the incident the time, occurred. The date right. Yeah, the, you know, and and send it whatever to it could be the the security shift manager. Maybe send it certified mail. You know, take those pr- yes. precautions because. Then they're obligated to preserve the video of what happened, yes, and if they if they lo- if they lose it or something, right, which happens, yeah, then you can a get of ours. Yeah, then you can get you know a spoliation instruction, basically saying that it has to be assumed true what what you said occurred. But it's important because yeah, I mean, if otherwise they you know it's That's possible they could just they could just lose the video and right. We had yeah. a friend who sued a casino where they totally unlawfully detained him. They looked at his money. They had an off duty cop there. And they, quote unquote, lost the video. And he he had a lawyer that was not familiar with these types of AP cases. So he didn't do that. So, yeah, that's something that's important. That brings up a good question that, that Joe had. What is the importance of retaining legal counsel that's familiar with advantage play? I think it's probably the most important. Well, you know, first of all, <laughs> if you call, you know, just a random personal right. injury attorney or They're something, they, well, they won't get it in terms of the value of the case. Right. They'll just say, oh, you know, did you, know, did you have a medical bill? You know, so you want to get an attorney that knows how to handle the case, basically, and that, that's important. Yeah. And for those who don't know, we have a lawyer's list in the Blackjack Apprenticeship membership area. It was Tommy Highland's idea, and we put it together a few years ago. And it's got a list of lawyers that can represent in different states that are familiar with advantage play laws. So I would have that list, you know, saved on your phone or whatever. Absolutely. Yeah. In the old days, I, ha- I mean, if something really got bad, I had Narcessian's number, but this is the old days. I had Narcessian's number if something really got bad, where like, you know, I was assaulted or something and, and thrown in a cage in the back, whatever. But I don't know if Bob, I mean, Bob's winding down now, so I don't, you know. But yeah, having a number to somebody, like, like for example, my story with Caesars, I mean, having the, the number to the gaming commission, having the number to somebody in case something, you know, the shit hits the fan, I think is important. Let's say you're in a state where um, we don't have a, a lawyer on the list who's in that state. I mean, what's the next best move then if you don't? The gaming commission. You're saying when when, when an incident occurs in, in a state where you don't you don't have one of these attorneys, right? Like, exactly. Yeah, the, oh, list. oh, well, no, no. You you don't have. In my opinion, these attorneys don't have to be practicing this in the states. They can handle these cases no matter what state it happens in. It's just a different process of of how that's true. How they would proceed to handle it, either through Prohoc Vici Council or being able to get admitted and handle it that way. But yeah, they can handle it anyway. Yeah, I guess having the, a, a phone number of a lawyer that you know and trust and that you're confident in is never is always a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for example, I know uh, Bob. He's handled these cases all over the country. So. Yeah. And and I know some of the lawyers on this list, they'll partner with a lawyer in a different state if they're not licensed in that state, but they at least can bring the expertise of defending advantage players. So if someone gets uh, an unpleasant casino interaction, you're saying make sure that they 
get legal counsel immediately, someone familiar with it, see if they have a case or or if they're just, you know, overreacting. I don't know if get legal counsel immediately. Mm-hmm. I think definitely write down the date, the time, who you interacted with. If somebody really assaulted you or prevented you from doing something, take their picture if you can. Yeah, and and of course, you know, the the request to preserve evidence should be right away because, you know, it it could be the the time frame to do that is as short as a couple days. So you got to get that out right away. Uh, yeah, and then as far as legal counsel, yeah, I mean, so you, you, the the best thing to do would be to try to reach out to um, an attorney that knows how to handle these kind of cases right away, and see, you know, yeah, see if if they think you know something but should be done. Don't be discouraged if some attorney goes, "Oh, you don't have a case, you don't, not, yeah. I don't know." Don't be discouraged. I mean, you know, sometimes it takes ten calls to an attorney before you realize, no, you do have a case. Let's say um, you are being detained by someone, by police or whatever. What is it better to say less or is it better to kind of explain yourself more as far as like what you're doing there in the casino, like what you're up to, et cetera? No, that's a good question. I think I think it really depends on the attitude of the police officer. If they seem like there's that video with Stephen Bridges where Tulalip ended up calling the police. Those guys seem like they were genuinely they just wanted to resolve this, whereas the police and at Maryland Live with Justin, they were obviously on the side of the casino and they wanted to get his ID for the casino. And, you know, so that also, I think, depends, you know, how the cops are treating you. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's really depends on on the right. the unique circumstances. If the cops are being abusive, on. I would try and limit what I said. But yeah. if they were like the guys at Tulalip, then I would, you know, tell them what's going on. This comes up a lot. And I haven't had a straight answer on it, but it's like when you have this kind of interaction, some people say the police aren't allowed to give the ID over to the casino. Some people say they are allowed to. I mean, do you guys know which one's wasn't the right? We're really not equipped well, to answer that. But Justin, if you want have, have an opinion. Well, on yeah, I mean, there's this Miss- the Mississippi case, Groshvi Tunica. You know, the court pretty much ruled in that case that the police officer did not have the right to give the card counter's ID over over to the casino. That's interesting. That being said, I know that there's many reports in CBJN of the security's brother-in-law being the chief, you know, in I think Bossier City or whatever. So you never know what what if they're going to take a picture with their phone and send it to their buddy later. Who knows, right? Yeah. And look, anytime you have police acting for a private purpose of the casino, like trying to get your ID to give to right. the casino, yeah. that creates even more issues for the officer, like legally, because they're not acting for a legitimate, you know, official purpose. So, yeah, I mean, that can create liability issues for them. I mean, that's grounds for, for example, for being denied qualified immunity. So I don't think that's something they can do. What about these databases like OSN sharing license plate info and people's (laughs) personal info? I know you guys are not not acting as, you know, legal counsel here, but no, that's that's a very, very good question, Colin. I don't know if we should comment on that because we're we're doing some investigation of our own on it at this point. Someone reached out to me a number of years ago saying they were a lawyer interested in basically taking down OSN for this stuff. And I'm like, let me know how I can help. But, <laughs> you know, but at the same time, like I just feel like a, what power do I, I have? And, you know, how are they going to wiggle out of it? And well, there's some validity to that. Uh, and 
Yeah, that's something that we're looking into too. I mean, the first barrier is it's a tribal entity, right? Yeah. So you can't bring it down in that capacity. So what other capacity? I mean, but non-tribal entities are using it. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. We're investigating. I I don't want to. Yeah. Leave it at that. I hope there's a way. I think they may be doing some things that are illegal, but. Well, Groshin took down uh, Griffin, so... Right, exactly. People probably thought that could never happen. They were lumping card counters in with cheaters, so that was... But yeah, we'll see. And we've been getting lumped in with cheaters ever since. Yeah, right? If anyone's listening who's in surveillance, please feel free to reach out. <laughs> we would love some inside information, so... and. I think this is the last question I've got. Is there any way that you would have handled things differently for any of the previous cases that you can discuss? No, I feel that like with the New Jersey case, yeah, I, I handled everything, uh, you know, fine, made sure that, you know, all the uh, the statute of uh, limitate that. And that's another thing about the timeliness of, of people responding if if they think they're you know, their rights were violated. Don't wait until the statute of limitation yeah. passes to do something. And because then you definitely won't be able to obtain a- accountability. Yeah, statute of limitations. We can't stress that enough because a lot of people have had a lot of their rights violated and they haven't, you know, they didn't act. They, they just got lazy and they didn't act within that one to two year period. And that's really bad. Don't do that. Right. I wanted to ask you guys about Rhode Island. Because there's that weird law where you have to have police present if they're going to do a trespass. And I think some of these casinos in Rhode Island go to immediate trespass as their first strike against a card counter. Do you guys know anyone who's tried to fight that or illegally? Or? We do. And it didn't go so well for that individual, although he didn't listen to us. So, Do you remember the state's argument and how they won? Like, What, what was their view on it? Yeah. So... I think probably an issue with how the, the case was handled in terms of whoever brought it, in my opinion, uh, the, the circumstances... Wait, first of uh, all, there there was a case. Yes. Yeah, to answer your question, yes, there was a case. A friend of mine, they did sue them, and, and he ended up... It went to a jury trial, which it should never have gone, but his attorney made several errors in that case. And if, Justin, you want to go ahead... Yeah, yeah. There. So I think, in my opinion, on the circumstances of that case where the casino was essentially admitting and, and, and the defendants were admitting that they basically detained him in order to obtain his identification to trespass him. I don't think it should have even ever reached the jury on the issue of liability. Uh, I think if it was handled properly, the plaintiff in that case would have gotten an entry of, of judgment on liability against these officers and casino personnel. There there wasn't really enough of a, of a dispute of you know, material material fact. So look, I, I think this this is even a way of looking at of doing a trespass that maybe a lot of casinos do where they where they their approach is, okay, when we trespass someone, we make sure to get their ID. And they simply they can't detain someone in order to do that, or that's false imprisonment when they when they haven't done anything illegal, you know. They can talk to them as the person's leaving and say, hey, look, you're trespassed. You can't be here. Okay, fine. 
But as soon as they they tell you, no, no, you can't leave. We got to get your ID. No, that's but, that's but an unlawful detention. Joe's question yeah. was, okay. said, he said there's a specific law in Rhode Island regarding trespassing that. Yeah, yeah. So well, I don't, well that would. OK, so uh, assuming that 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 law that police have to be present, that doesn't change the fact that they can't stop you from leaving, leaving without if you fault, committed a crime. Right. If they haven't done anything illegal yeah. without falsely imprisoning you. So, you know, let's say they want to trespass you and they, they say, no, no, hold on. You got to wait here for the police to show up so we can trespass you. You're not obligated to wait there and let them bring the, you know, so that they can bring the police. And you have the right to and that's leave just our and walk and walk out uh, the the exit. If, if they stop you from leaving so that they can bring police to complete that trespassing process. That that's false imprisonment, absolutely. You know, if, if they're just suspecting you of counting cards, yeah, they they cannot do that. Yeah, I remember when I got detained at Twin River. The police leans over to me. He goes, "How much did you take from them?" Oh and I, my like, god! I was like, "I lost fifteen grand." Uh, did he say had, it aggressively, or was he just kind of shooting the breeze with you? It was kind of a great, it was sort of just like a detective trying to sniff out what was going on here, you know, oh, right. and I was like, I actually just lost $15,000. And then the police looked at me like, so confused. And I was like, <laughs> why the F am I in here right now? Like, I want to leave. That's funny. And he just looked so, con- he, yeah, he was just confused at his own law. Like, it's just. Were you like detained during, during that incident or? Yeah, it was like, it was like. <laughs> um, yeah, I. They gave me some options. They're like, you can either follow us here in this back room or uh, like the police said this, or we'll, we'll arrest you for some charge of leaving or something. I don't know. So Rhode Island wow. has this special law, which we're not really that familiar with. Yeah, that, you know, we'd have to do more research on that. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, the Constitution yeah. Says you can't right. Even the Constitution states, says right. you can't you can't detain someone Unlawful unless they they right. The Constitution trumps any you have probable state cause, especially have. an arrest. Right. Yeah. Without when you haven't done something illegal or suspected of doing something. I'd illegal. be really and interested to look at that law. Though. Yeah. I don't see that that holding up. Yeah. That holding up federal court. Correct. Right. <laughs> so Joe missed out just because like had had a case, but but statute of limitations just kind of. Assumed that the police were following the law. When did that happen? Oh, it was probably like, yeah, over seven years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks guys for, for sharing this. You know, these are the, the rare stories, but it's really unfortunate that, that they still happen. And I commend you guys for sticking up for your constitutional rights and for making sure that both casinos and police officers are also not violating your constitutional rights. Any final ad- advice or or input you want to give? Yeah, card counting is not a crime. <laughs> that is right. <laughs> that is not a crime. It's not fraudulent activity. <laughs> gaming agents words in Colorado, and uh, everyone should know that. That would be, I guess, my parting words. I don't know, Justin, if you have something else. Yeah, I agree, and... I just think when this happens to someone, they should act because accountability is important. Yes. It's not okay for police and casino personnel to to just think they can deprive you of your liberty when you haven't done anything wrong. I would just add one more thing, too. If you think that, you know, your rights have been violated, you need, you know, do not let the statute of limitations. We've had so many people. Oh, well, 
That was so long ago. Like your your case, Joe, or you, what you just said. If you feel like something's happened, act. Don't get lazy about it and hold them accountable. Joe, anything else you wanted to ask or say? Yeah, Justin. So is it safe to say uh, you've had an unbeatable track record with all of your cases? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's actually, it's really encouraging though to hear someone have success not not like whoa this is the goal is to make money but to hold you know the authorities accountable for their wrongdoing like i think maybe a lot of times new card counters get into this and and they feel that the odds are stacked against them legally why like if if you know they're trying to um you know make a case against the casino or the police but uh that's not not the case yeah, there's a big difference between uh, shot taking or ambulance chasing and holding casinos and police accountable. And hopefully in 10 years, there won't be a need for a podcast like this because this this stuff stops. I hope it does. But, you know, with the explosion of gambling in all these different states and new people coming in and a lack of clarity, I don't I'm not optimistic. But, yeah, I hope it does. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for your time and for uh, sharing this knowledge with us. It's definitely not my expertise. And so it's helpful to get get some people that can share from their experience. And if you guys have questions, you can post them on the forum. Maybe we can get some follow-up or at least some dialogue about it. And if you guys want to learn more about beating casinos at Blackjack legally, check out blackjackapprenticeship.com. 